This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. Another week, another 49ers win. Although this time was a little bit dicey, but I think there's positives in that, and I'll tell you why. I'm Al Sacco, along with Brian Rennick. Brian, how are your holidays, man? Uh, they were good, and the 49ers did their part to maintain that that good feeling. Uh, a, a victory on on Christmas Eve. Uh, that uh, uh, shout out to Rohan, the uh, boy wonder of 49ers Web Zone, all of 19 years old, filling in for us uh, with Zane. Uh, did a great job. Does a great job for us at the Web Zone with his writing, and so appreciate that. Um, but that victory on, uh, Christmas Eve, obviously nice going into Christmas and then New Year's day, another dub, another, uh, another, dub. another, another notch on that, uh, on that, on that win streak up to nine now, which is bonkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, I had a great, uh, great holiday, uh, spent a lot of time down in Santa Cruz. We were saying that offline. I know your trip got canceled, which is a bummer. Uh, but it sounds like you guys are going to uh, you're going to make that up. So that's good. Uh, but outside of that uh, canceled trip, how were your holidays? Southwest, man. I think everybody was feeling Southwest. They just had probably the worst holidays of all time with just canceled flights and the absolute shit show that was their airline. But I know a lot of people went through it. It could have been a lot worse than what we went through. I know people had some horror stories, but it was good other than that. But there, to me, there's nothing more depressing than like when the holidays end because I love Halloween and Christmas time. And then all of a sudden it's like January and where I live, it's just straight up gray for the next three months. It's not cloudy. It's not sunny. It's not, it's just gray. It's the most depressing time if you live on the East coast where I do. So a lot of people listening in California don't have to deal with it or out on the West coast, but I do. So it's a good thing that the Niners are making me happy, Brian, and this game while watching it. Yeah. It was a little frustrating to watch, but the Niners were kind of due for one of these. But I want to start out with positives because I think there were a lot of them. The first is, I guess, where we've always been starting out is Brock Purdy. Because this moment wasn't too big for him. And, yeah, it wasn't the playoffs. It wasn't a divisional playoff round. It wasn't – you're playing the the Raiders who have stunk most of the year or at least have shot themselves in the foot enough to have a losing record most of the year. But they're in a position where they're down 24-14 to late in the game, and they have to keep coming back. And the quarterback, once again, just did everything he had to do. He was poised, just made plays. Yeah, he had the bad interception, but you know what? He's young. He's going to have those. Every quarterback has bad throws in games, and, and, he, and he had one. Other than that, I thought he was he was really good. And I just I want to throw some things out at you just because it's it's just become amazing to me at this point. He's the seventh rookie in the Super Bowl era with two plus touchdown passes in this, in five consecutive games. And the last person to do that was actually Justin Herbert. 
He's averaging 8.85 yards per attempt over his four starts in overall eight yards per attempt. If he qualified, he doesn't have enough attempts to qualify, but that would be fourth in the league. And, and listen to this stat, because this is crazy to me. His touchdown percentage is 6.7% on his 150 attempts. Uh, Patrick Mahomes leads the league at 6.4, so pretty qualified he would lead the league. And the only people who are even over six with 150-plus attempts are Tua, Allen, Prescott, and Burrow. I mean, that's pretty damn good company to be in. And here's the biggest thing I'm taking from it, Brian. This team just keeps scoring points. So this was the type of game where Niners shot themselves in the foot a lot in this game, where they had a ton of penalties. I think they had, what, nine penalties in the game? Eight, nine penalties? I wrote it down. Nine penalties. Eight. Oh, yeah, nine. Sorry. Nine. They have that interception. They have some bad penalties, and this was the type of game you've seen where, all right, they're going to – they lose. They shot themselves in the foot. They didn't. And do you know why they didn't? Because they actually score points now. They score a lot a lot of freaking points, man. How many points did they score? Well, they're averaging 32.6 points per game in their last five. They've scored 30-plus points in four of their last five games, and they did that just three times in their previous 17 games. This is so okay. The only times under Shanahan when they've scored 30 plus points other than this streak in four out of five games was actually last year, weeks eight through 12. They averaged 29. And then you have to go back to 2019. They did it in four of six games when they averaged 30.3. But in a game like this, when they're when the Raiders are going up and down the field, I'm not worried because I think they're gonna score. And this was, you know, doing the show with me six weeks ago. I was like, when the hell is this offense gonna get it together? Now I'm I'm just know they're going to drop 30 plus, And that is crazy, crazy without Debo and with the seventh string rookie QB. Yeah. You know, uh, NFL rookie watch is a, an account on uh, Twitter. It has a blue check mark, but that doesn't really mean anything anymore. Uh, but uh, what they, what they tweeted out uh, about a, a 23 hours ago now, uh, Brock Purdy threw his first four career starts, right? So they're not including the, the Dolphins game. It's just his, his starts. But he's 70 of 104, uh, which is uh, about 67% uh, completion percentage. He has 920 passing yards, nine total touchdowns, a 115.3 average passer rating, and a 4-0 record. And so I just took that, and I took those passing yards and and the touchdowns. And if you extrapolate that out over a 17-game season, right? I mean, you can't really do anything with that completion percentage, so we're just going to keep it at 67 but that would be 3,910 yards. And then uh, he's thrown two touchdowns in each of his four starts. So again, if you extrapolate that out, not that that would, but if you extrapolate that out, that is 34 touchdowns. But if you add that rushing touchdown, that bumps it up to 38 total touchdowns. And he's only thrown two interceptions across the four starts. So that's half an interception a game. So you're looking at eight and a half interceptions. So, Let's call it right. So 3,910 yards, 34 passing touchdowns, nine interceptions. That'll do. That'll do each and every year, year in and year out. And so not only is that impressive just on its face, but then you add in, like you said, seventh round rookie, Mr. Irrelevant, got his first start against. Tom Brady and the Bucks, And it just seems like every, <clears throat> he got his first challenge having to come in cold and win against Miami and he passed it. Next challenge facing the GOAT with playoff implications, passed it. 
Next challenge, going up to your arch rival where it's been a house of horrors for you to win a uh, to win a, uh, a division title. Pass that with flying colors. Then your next challenge, now you get to face the, the toughest defense you faced since coming in against Miami. Drops 30, what was it? 34? 33 in that game. 33. Yeah. Drops 33 on the best defense that he's seen. And the next challenge is the next game. You enter the second half. You're down double digits. And you've got... I'm sorry, to- 37. 37 against the commander. Sorry. Okay, sorry. 37. And then the next is a second half double digit deficit. Never gone into halftime without a lead, right? In his previous three starts. And he passes that one. Not only did he not only did he lead the team to a game-winning field goal opportunity, but he essentially he he led two game-winning drives, if you think about it. He led the drive that put them up 34-27. And then he led the drive that got them in field goal position to win the game in regulation. Robbie Gold misses it. And then in overtime, they get the interception. Tayshawn Gibson, you know, returns it to the whatever, the eight-yard line, and they just kick a field goal. They take a knee and they kick a field goal. This kid, this whatever, set it up, set it up for Brock. Set whatever you want up for Brock. Brock's knocking it down. It's just. It's just an incredible story. It's just an incredible story. And I just cannot say enough about the kid's poise, his decision-making, even that interception. Did he miss Did he miss uh, Meek Robertson sticking on uh, on the back end of that play? He absolutely did, which is why, he, why that ball was intercepted. I don't think that's the wrong read. I think he makes that read every time, but I also think he's going to learn from that. But what was more impressive to me is that he threw that interception and right after he threw it, I tweeted it out and I said, interception's not a big deal. What matters is how he responds mm-hmm. after throwing that interception, right? Which came with, uh, let's see, I have it up here. Uh, that interception came, uh, with in the third quarter with, uh, two minutes and 30 seconds left in that quarter. After that interception, scoring drive, scoring drive, scoring drive, scoring drive, if you include overtime. So four straight scoring drives after throwing that interception. That's what matters to me. And that, I think, is more impressive than the 284 yards and the two touchdowns and and the one interception. I love the kid. I just, I absolutely love the kid. I'm over the moon. I love Trey Lance. I, I think this team is set up for some awesome success uh, in the future with what they've got at the quarterback position right now. And the other thing is they're going to enter 2023 spending, I think 10 million at the quarterback position. I'm not sure exactly, but it's not a lot. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's close to that. Yeah. It's not a lot. So yeah. I mean, just love the kid. And then not only that, just his escapability, his slipperiness in the pocket. And you saw that multiple times against the Raiders, the it, touchdown to Kittle. And then uh, some of the most, some of the plays that I was most impressed with were the two where he escaped pressure and threw the ball away. Nothing positive happened outside of avoiding the sack, right? That little dead leg he gave to that defender on that one where he was like, how's he, how did he get out of that? And was able to throw the ball away. It was just, 
I love the kid. The kid is, is nails. Let's look at what that escapability and poise did in the course of the game. So you mentioned the Kittle touchdown. Yeah. He's he's there, you know, at, near the goal line. He's getting some pressure. He's got he's got a rollout to his left. He sets himself and makes a beautiful throw to Kittle in the back of the end zone, which was Kittle's fifth touchdown in the last three games. And yes. Kittle had only for the season. career high going into this season was six. I believe he's got eight now. So he has found Kittle in big well, spots. He has 10. Doesn't he have 10? No, Kittle doesn't have 10 yet. Okay. He might have nine. He might have nine. Let me double check this. Hold on. Um, Kittle has touchdown receptions. Where are you, George Kittle? He has nine in the season. And nine. he has five okay. in the last three games. So that's where he is right now, which is which is a career high for him. The other two plays were, were this. One was Brian Baldinger actually um, highlighted this on Twitter as well. It was a second and four, four, and I believe it was Crosby who got through. It is this play that Callie Young has commented Robert on. Brock Crosby. Crosby. Okay, Crosby. someone mentioned that yep, on our Yeah. So it's second and four. The free rusher comes through. We've seen a million times where Jimmy's a dead duck there. And one of the reasons you you draft a Trey Lance is because it gives him escapability. Yes. Purdy gets out of it, makes a four-yard pass to Kittle. Well, it was a four-yard pass. Well, it was a first down. For the so first now down, you have yes. a first, 10, first and 10 instead of what would have been a third and long, whatever it would have been, third and 11, and maybe yep. your drive stalls. Well, he keeps it going because of that play. The other play, and this just shows his poise to me, was the long uh, sort of check down to McCaffrey. McCaffrey had the long run and trucked the guy. Um, <laughs> was, he's got he's got pressure just coming right after him. Yeah, And he this is, a, again, a rookie. You don't even have to say seventh-round rookie, a rookie who is unfazed, sees his check down, yes. flips it down, and you give it to you know one of the best running backs with the ball in his hands in the league, and you get a gigantic game. That's the quarterback doing little things. Everybody's going to remember McCaffrey for that run, and with good reason, but you have a quarterback now who's doing these little things that haven't happened before. And the result is 18 offensive touchdowns in the last five games. Mm-hmm. The result is, is scoring 30 every week. The result is going into the playoffs with you hope and defense that is very good. We'll talk about that later. But a team now that you know can put up 30 on anybody at any time. That wasn't the case last year, and it wasn't the case in 2019 when they couldn't break 20 in the Super Bowl. So this is a different team with a quarterback who has changed the dynamic with the things that he's done. And Shanahan said it himself, it's real. This is real. You know what you're looking at, the things that he's doing. He's playing beyond his years. And will the league catch up to things? Sure. That's when you see if players can adjust. And I think with Kyle Shanahan and with Purdy's mind and everything, I think that he can. So the Niners, man, guys, I've been saying this week after week. This is as an exciting time as I can remember. I I know they just gave up a lot for Lance. I know we have to see what happens. But if you're not excited yeah. for what this kid has brought, I don't know what to tell you. It's been awesome. Awesome. Well, and that and and that's the one thing that that I, I think is is has gone overlooked in this run is that. It's not like Kyle Shanahan is running running a gimmicky offense for Brock Purdy because right. he's a seventh round rookie and whatever. He's not he's not running an offense that is full of quick screens, bubble screens, you know, checkdowns, whatever. He is running the offense that he wants to run. And so when you talk about like, is the league gonna catch up to him? I I understand that, but at the same time. I don't feel like Brock Purdy is doing things that you can point out on tape and go, well, as long as we take that away, then right. we can get to him. Right. It's not, he's, he's, he's just efficiently running this Kyle Shanahan offense 
as it's meant to be run. And defensive coordinators haven't really figured out how to stop Kyle Shanahan's offense yet. What they've been able to do is take away the things that Jimmy Garoppolo was comfortable doing in this offense. Brock Purdy is comfortable doing everything in this offense. And that's the difference. And then not, and then on top of that, he has that escapability to either a throw the ball away, live to see another down, right down in distance, keeping it, keeping it manageable, not taking those sacks, or he's not just hyper-focused on those routes in the middle of the field. He'll go deep. If it's there, he'll hit those outside throws. He'll, you know, even, even that, that throw to Kittle, right? That is a great play by the defender to notice the motion of all the players going to the other side of the uh, of the of the field and see Kittle streaking towards you and leave your player and sit back and and handle that that route. That's a great play and just Brock not noticing that that happened and thinking, "Oh my god, Kittle is going to streak wide open and he just threw it up." I don't, I, I am a hundred percent fine with that play. I have no problem with it. I expect an interception every game from Brock Purdy because he's a seventh round rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it's going to happen, but I expect it so that when it does happen, I go, okay, there's the one that I expected. Let's see how he bounces back. And that's, what's most important to me. And, and like I said earlier, how did he bounce back? He led four scoring drives. I mean, you can take that overtime one away, whatever. He led three scoring drives in the three drives he got after that interception. That's all you can ask for. That's all you can ask for from any quarterback, let alone a seventh round rookie quarterback. So I, I don't like, I, I, I am trying to avoid being hyperbolic, right? I don't want to be hyperbolic. I don't want to, 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 to be too flippant when I say this, but like I said, Purdy is running the offense the way that Shanahan wants it run. And if he can do that, then like I said, I don't know that there's there's catching up to be done from the rest of the the league because he's not he's not doing anything that can be taken away, so to speak. He's not only completing balls in the middle of the field. He's not, you know, he's not just doing he's not just completing short passes you know, shallow crossers, bubble screens, all that, right? He is he is operating this offense and reading the field as efficiently as anyone we've ever seen in a 49ers uniform as mm-hmm. with Kyle Shanahan as the play caller. 100%. And that's the difference. That's the difference. And it's yeah, been incredible. The best quarterback play you've seen in the Kyle Shanahan era, I think. 100%. I, I, I don't know that anyone can argue differently which is just insane when you look at, you know, the specifics of, of, a, of a rookie doing it and the poise he showed in the drive at the end of the game when they missed the field goal. But again, it's, it's him moments, not too big. And someone else who stuck out to me, there was Brandon Ayuk who had yes. four catches, huge game. huge game. And on that last drive yeah. when they missed the field goal, but they still drove down four catches for 52 yards just on that mm-hmm. drive. And I saw, I don't know where I saw it, if it was an article or what it was, but somebody had listed like the tiers of receivers. They had like the number one receivers and then number one, obviously, is your Justin Jefferson, Bonte Adams. He had Debo in there. He also had Brandon Ayuk in there. And I give the person credit. I don't remember who it was, but I was reading through some of the comments and it was Brandon Ayuk. Really? I started to think, well, yeah, I don't think people understand how good Ayuk is because 
he plays on an offense where one, there's a lot of mouths to feed, and two, mm-hmm. the Niners don't throw a ton. They're 25th in the league right. in attempts. And Ayuk on the season has 109 targets, which is 27th in the league. He has 74 receptions, which is also 27th in the league. So, yeah. you know, there you go. Um, yards, he's 22nd with 956. He has eight touchdowns, which is actually sixth for touchdown receptions. And QBs have a 115.8 rating when throwing to him. So he's been effective. He's only 44 yards away from his first 1,000-yard season. But you're seeing in a game like this, he's he he is a true number one receiver. And if he played on a team, 100%. like if, if, Aaron, if Aaron Rodgers had him this year as the number oh, one, yeah. he'd get 1,300 yards. You know, on a team where they would where they would feature him more. And I thought this, in a lot of ways, might might have been his coming out party because of how yes. clutch it was. And I think he's really ascending to that next level. Debo will come back and Kittle's been, play, been playing better, but you see him kind of getting something going with Purdy. And Ayuk is somebody who's been, I think, criminally underrated in this league for a while. And I, it was really cool to see him do that because as someone who watches him week, week in and week out, as 49er fans do, I think they have an appreciation for him that maybe the national yeah. media or national fans or a casual NFL fan may not. For sure. Was it Matt Harmon? Is that who you were reading? I don't, uh, I don't know. I see so many things. You know, I know. I write uh, down Matt notes, Harmon. I yeah. I would say I've heard Matt Harmon on uh, the athletic football show with Robert Mays. He runs a blog called reception perception and he focuses just on, on receivers and he's big on Brandon. Ayuk more so than, than other people. So that's why I was wondering. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Brandon Ayuk on, I would argue 27 other teams in the NFL would be wide receiver one. Yeah. Yeah, There's probably five. There's probably five teams where he wouldn't, he wouldn't be wide receiver one in Minnesota. That's Justin Jefferson, not in, in Miami. That's Tyreek Hill, Uh, not in Philly. That's AJ Brown, Um, not in Dallas. That's uh, CD lamb. And then, you know, or, you know, maybe there might be a, a handful of others, but, on the majority of teams in the NFL, he would be a wide receiver one. I 100% agree with you. Um, he had nine catches on the day for 101 yards. And 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 that drive was simply Brandon Ayuk being a better route runner than, than, than the corner that he was going against. Because those were quite literally, the majority of those, those catches came on slants and, uh, you know, and like quick posts, right? Where he's mm-hmm. setting his foot in the ground and he's cutting, right? And, and you just can't cover. That's uncoverable if the quarterback can deliver it on time and Brock Purdy was showing time and time again that he could. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brock Purdy throws a really pretty ball too. It's very, it's, it's, it's a tight spiral. He's he, he can get zip on it, especially intermediate 
you know, he looks good. One of the questions we got uh, earlier uh, said, do we uh, ask if we think that Brock Purdy is seeing the field better than Jimmy G? I 100% think he's seeing the field better than Jimmy G. Not only is he seeing the field better than Jimmy G, he's a significantly faster processor than Jimmy G, which is equally as important. So he is able to to process pre-snap what he's looking at and then also process post-snap as opposed to Jimmy G who can process pre-snap, but then he predetermines his reads. And then if it's a disguise, he's thrown into coverage. Brock Purdy isn't, we haven't seen many, many throws from Brock Purdy where he's throwing into coverage where it's like, why, why are you throwing it there? A lot of his misses are, are some are, are inaccurate in nature more than they are uh, a bad read. Right. So, and then not only that, but he tends to get to more reads than Jimmy Garoppolo does as well. And that's that processing. So a hundred percent, I think. Um, and again, that's no shade to Jimmy Garoppolo. That's just what I have noticed. And that was one of the things that I was most excited about with Trey Lance was all the talk about his football IQ, his processing speed. Steve Young said it, said it himself. Trey Lance is a super processor. Like Trey Lance can do this too. Uh, I think Trey Lance's biggest deficiency right now is lack of game reps to to read the field and and recognize pre and post snap. And then second, just a, a slower release than Brock Purdy has. You know, Brock Purdy models his game after Dan Marino. It's why he wears number 13. It was uh, his dad was a huge Dolphins fan. Dan Marino was his dad's favorite player. Brock Purdy watched a lot of film of Dan Marino. Tries to model his game after Dan Marino. Not a bad, not a bad dude to model your game after for sure. Um, but yeah, he's been he's been incredible. But I I think you know we brought up Brock Purdy, we brought up Brandon Ayuk. We have to bring up Christian McCaffrey now. Christian oh McCaffrey, yeah. I like I. It's almost to the point now where he comes out in a 49er uniform, and I got to be like, oh, that's right, like the Carolina Panthers had Christian McCaffrey and they traded him away. And not only did they trade him away, they traded him away to the San Francisco 49ers. They traded him away to Kyle Shanahan. I guarantee the rest of the league is like you like Scott Fitterer is uh public enemy. Number one for every, uh, at least every GM in the NFC, right? Because they're like, how could you let Kyle Shanahan get Christian McCaffrey? Because he has quite literally transformed this offense mm-hmm. and he's been an MVP candidate lately over the, the 10 games he's been with the Niners for sure. Can you, I mean, can you Jalen hurts? Obviously we saw what happened with Gardner Minshew. Although last week Gardner Minshew and that Eagles offense put it on what is most people think is one of the better defenses in the NFL and the, in the Cowboys they're injured. I get it. But regardless, if you take Christian McCaffrey off this team, this team has, Six wins, seven wins, not double um, digit wins. I can, I, I can guarantee you that. Not with Elijah Mitchell out again, right? So they have twelve. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe they're at nine. Maybe I, I think they would have had a little bit more than that. But he's transformed them to the point where yeah. they've been whooping people. You know, yeah, up until this week, and they it, still scored a lot. Debo Samuel has missed the last two games, and they have not missed a beat. And they haven't missed a beat because they have Christian McCaffrey. 74 points, right? Yeah. So, and then, and then 
Christian McCaffrey on the ground against the Raiders was super impressive. Mm-hmm. Super impressive. Yeah, um, he had that stretch where he was struggling a little bit to run, but that seems to be a thing of the past yeah, now. It's, it's, it it's, certainly does. They've 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 hit no pun intended, they've hit the ground running with the run game now. But it, it's just yeah, crazy. That, that was a Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk game. That's it, they carried the offense. And and you trade for somebody at that point in the season, and you know, it takes time to get acclimated or whatever. The offense runs through him and has run through him. It's been crazy. Yes. I think that yes. this is what Kyle Shanahan wanted to do with Jarek McKinnon. Yep. Remember when he said after McKinnon yep. blew his knee out and someone asked him what you have to change and he was like pretty much everything. My whole offense, and I, yeah. And I kind of said to myself, like, really, dude? Really? For Jarek McKinnon? I thought the, thought the same thing. I you know? But, same thing. Yeah. but now, even though McKinnon's, McKinnon's doing a terrific job in Kansas City, he's catching the ball great. He's, he's been playing really well there. But I thought, really? But now that I see what he's doing with McCaffrey, I get it. Because now he's got this running back that can do this, and the offense is running through him. And in 10 games as a Niner, he's got 701 rushing yards, 49 catches for 430 yards. He has nine total TDs plus, and then there's the touchdown pass that he threw too, so 10 total TDs. He's got 198 touches for 1,131 scrimmage yards in those 10 games. If you look at that through a 17-game season, it would be um, just about 1,200 yards rushing, 83 catches for 731 yards and about 1,900 all-purpose yards in around 16 TDs. That's an insane season. That's an MVP yeah, level. That's an MVP now. season. And and to think what he's done with him, it's it's great. And like you said, the rest of the league looking at it has to think, yeah, they may have given the 49ers the NFC title by trading McCaffrey to them because he's, he's made that much of a difference. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Anything can happen, but but McCaffrey's made that much of a difference for the offense. Yeah, and 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 Brock Purdy isn't doing what Brock Purdy is doing without Christian McCaffrey on this team. I I can guarantee that as well. That's fair. Um, Christian McCaffrey raised Jimmy Garoppolo's game, finally gave him an outlet right that he knew that he could trust was there, and the same thing with Brock Purdy. Can you imagine like just put yourself in the shoes of this rookie quarterback, knowing hey, on any pass play. I've got Christian McCaffrey as my outlet and he's going to be open every time. All I got to do is get him the ball. And so it, that, that level of security for a quarterback is massive. It's just massive because there's always an answer. Kyle Shanahan gives you the answers to the test in his offense for any quarterback. It's why they say it's a quarterback friendly offense. It's why they talk about Kyle Shanahan wanting to play Madden with his quarterback, right? His scheme gives all the answers to the quarterback pre-snap. All they have to do is execute. Add to that a security blanket, the level of Christian McCaffrey, while also having Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk. And, And I think you start to understand, oh man, like this, this team and the way it's built, like it is as long as the quarterback doesn't burn the house down, which wasn't always guaranteed with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? You're, you're going to be successful. That's the team that they built. And so, you know, there is, we're getting to the end of the season. There's going to be end of the season awards, you know, coach of the year is likely probably going to go to Nick Sirianni. But the fact that the 49ers are the two seed in the NFC, and they are playing their third quarterback who has started four games, right, for them, their third quarterback, who Mm -hmm. is a seventh-round rookie, 
and they're the two seed and with a victory on Sunday and an Eagles loss will be the one seed. I mean, I don't know how he's not in the conversation, if not the winner. And then you look at the other side and it's, I think, I think, I I think John Lynch deserves executive of the year because Mm -hmm. the depth that this team has, I mean, look at, look at the number of like on the defensive side of the ball, right? Kinlaw goes down. Armstead goes down. Givens goes down. Like the entire defensive tackle room goes down. And yet, They've got T.Y. McGill who makes meaningful plays, and they've got they've got yeah they've got um, the uh, Hassan Ridgeway who has played meaningful snaps and made meaningful plays. Like, and then you look at Emmanuel Mosley goes down. Diamador Lenore steps in and plays incredibly well. He's had two rough weeks, and and we'll get to the defense in a second. But then on the other side of the ball, right. Uh, Aaron Banks starts the season very good. Goes down to injury. You get to plug Daniel Brunskill, a very, a very uh, deck not decorated, but a, a, a player you can trust to just plug in and not have to worry about it on the You're offensive solid line. Solid yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, Colton McKivitz steps in for for Trent Williams, doesn't miss a beat. Right, like just the depth that this team has. Somebody said it earlier. I mean. Uh, again, I don't think there's been a better team building job and I don't think there's been a better coaching job in the NFL. Now, granted, I, I view the lens through, I view the world through a, a red and gold uh, lens. So there is that, but I mean, even objectively, I think, I think you gotta, you, you know, you you gotta give it to them. And then, and then I also think that hands down D'Amico Ryan should be assistant coach of the year. So it's just, it's just an impressive, it, it, this this is this 2019 aside this is the season that people should look back on and go Kyle Shanahan established himself as one of the best coaches in the NFL 100%. in 2022 100%. it was ready to go either way when they were 3 and 4 it really was 100%. he's totally changed the narrative to the point now where i agree he's a top whatever 5 6 coach i think yeah. and I, he's had an amazing season Three out of the last four years now, 10-plus wins. Three out of the last four years, playoffs. What he's done with three quarter, three different quarterbacks this year. Uh, all the injuries. He's done a phenomenal job. Phenomenal. Yeah. And we do we do have to get to the defense because there's a lot to talk yes. about there, too. All right. We're going to pose the question, are we a little bit worried? I don't know that I am. But I want to start with positives first because the defense yeah. overall didn't play well. But there were three plays that I want to highlight that changed the game in their own ways. The first was the goal line stand there. Huge. When they stopped the Raiders inside the one or at the one yard line, whatever it was. And I want to highlight Is that Armstead the Eric Armstead? Yeah. And and McGill. And McGill. Yeah. If you watch yeah. that, if you watch it on tape, Armstead throws his guy out of the way. McGill is coming around from the back because because he gets he gets pressure in there. And they both kind of make that tackle for the stop. That was a gigantic play. Because if the Raiders score there, Niners probably might not win. You know, who knows? But that was gigantic. The other one was Kerry Hyder getting his arm up. And batting the ball, Drake Jackson coming out with the interception, which led to three points. And then the last one was obviously Nick Bosa getting the pressure on Stidham that forced him to throw the bat. He bull rushed Colton Miller directly into him as he was stepping into that throw. Because here's the thing that would have been a completion that I, I, and that might have been a touchdown for, for reasons that, that we will get to into in a second. But that was humongous outside of causing an interception. The that was huge. That was huge. It was huge. It was the biggest play of the game. And those were the three plays. They were three huge plays. They were Mm -hmm. three terrific plays. 
um, that changed the game. And you need to make plays like that to win in the NFL for a defense that's usually dominant. But in this game, I was like, did Jim O'Neill get in the booth? Did Eric Mangini <laughs> sneak into the stadium? It was from the kickoff. I was like, what defense am I watching? I saw a thing where both yeah. said they said he had like 10 pressures. I, I, I didn't see they had really any pass rush. That's why some of these PFF stats, I'm like, okay. But I mean, Bose has been unbelievable. I'm not saying he's yeah. not, but this certainly wasn't one of his best games overall. And I don't um, think he would say it was either. No. And he actually said, and good on him. He said after, you know, the NFL will um, humble you hundred percent of the time. Hundred percent. And I'm time. looking at this as I hope that it's hundred percent of the time. Um, yeah. I'm looking as, at this as that. I hope that it's a wake up call for them. I hope that it was just one of those games where they just say, hey, we just kind of sucked. You know, we just came in, we were feeling ourselves a little bit, but Hey man, they gave up 7.6 yards per play. They gave up 130 yards on the ground. They gave up 500 total yards and they gave up a lot of yards to Jarek Stidemi through for 365. And that's the second week in a row QBs have thrown for a lot of yards on them. Heineke and um, Wentz combined for 289 the week before. So, there are some issues in the secondary. Lenore had a terrible game this game. Terrible game. Hufunga has been spotty um, in terms of coverage. I don't know if the touchdown in this game, the first one, I don't know if it was because it looked like Lenore kind of got sucked in and then Hufunga had to peel back. I don't know whose fault that was on. But neither both of them are kind of. That was Hufunga's fault. Uh, or am I thinking? The first of, one, the first one of the game. The very first yeah. one they scored, it looked like Lenore bit on the play fake and ran in. And I, I, I don't know. I'd have to go back and yeah. see. But either way. They could both play better, and yeah. the secondary is getting exposed a little bit. And when that pass rush isn't dominant, which it was not in this mm -hmm. game, you can see what happens. This was Jared. I mean, Monte Adams is freaking unbelievable, some of the catches he had. But it is still the Raiders. This wasn't Mahomes. This wasn't Allen. This wasn't Burrow. Mm -hmm. So it is a little concerning. I'm going to hope that it was just, you know what, we, we just kind of had a bad day. But – it, it does at least where I thought that that unit was almost invincible. Now I'm kind of like, oh, there are some cracks in that armor, especially against a team like Philly if Jalen Hurts is is, is um, healthy. Last thing I'll say before I sorry, just I'll let you comment. The rushing lanes they gave up to Stidham. Bosa Bo mentioned that too. I mean, yeah. you could drive a truck through them, and you do that mm -hmm. against the Jalen Hurts, even if you maybe do it against Daniel Jones. Not that I'm yeah. afraid of the Giants offense by any stretch of the imagination, but you can get yourself in trouble or play a game that's closer than it should be where one fluky thing can turn it. Yeah, you know, the question is, are you concerned? Um, and 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 my answer, like your answer, was no. Um, I going into this game, uh, my buddy Tim, uh his birthday is is was yesterday. He has a January 1st birthday, and so we celebrate New Year's Eve with them every year. Uh, we go out and celebrate New Year's Eve and his birthday. And so this year uh, we uh, went out to a, a late dinner and then um, we did Top Golf. And we were at Top Golf and he's like, I'm worried about this game tomorrow. And I was like, get out of here. Like, I'm I'm not worried in the slightest. Jarrett Stidham is is starting like whatever. And he and he said, um, <clears throat> I'm getting real 2019 Falcons vibes from this game. And I was like, nah. And he was right. And, and that whole game, I also realized, oh man, this is giving me 2019 uh, Falcons vibes. The, the two main differences, the first one, you didn't have Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, but you did have Devonte Adams and I'll get there in a mm -hmm. second. The second, we actually had a quarterback who was up to it this time. And, and that's why they pulled out the victory. In my opinion, um, Jimmy Garoppolo for, 
for all the positives that he that he has, not not terribly clutch. He's had some clutch moments, but for the most part, like that entire game, as they're down, as they're down multiple scores, I tweeted out, I said, I am not, I have no worries right now. I have no worries right now that Brock Purdy can't lead this team to to a victory today, even down at as many as 10 points. Here's the one thing that concerns me, right? And and I'm trying to look it up now. Um, I did not. Um, I'm trying to figure out where the the Raiders are in terms of their um, pass blocking efficiency. I'm, I'm wondering if they're if if they're one of the better pass blocking lines. I haven't been able to find it. I don't know. Like you said, this defense is built and predicated upon the D line creating pressure in the face of the quarterback. Mm -hmm. This defense does not work. If you are not getting pressure on the quarterback, because when you play zone coverage, the majority of the time, like they do, if you're not getting pressure on the quarterback, then there are soft spots in the zone that they can pick apart. And that's what Jared Stidham did. Here's my biggest concern. They signed Charvarius Ward in the off season. And, and, and I think why was they wanted somebody that when push came to shove and they faced a team with a number one wide receiver like Devontae Adams, they could put Charvarius Ward on that number one receiver and feel way more comfortable than they have arguably since 2019 Richard Sherman. Although late season 2019 Richard Sherman, not as good as early season 2019 Richard Sherman. Devontae Adams won every matchup against Charvarius Ward. That's that, and that's that's the concern that I have, right? Is what happens if this team comes up against another squad with a, 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 a clear-cut number one wide receiver like Devontae Adams? Now, if you look at the NFC playoff picture, it goes Eagles one, Niners two, Vikings mm-hmm. three, uh Buccaneers four, Cowboys five. Giants six, currently Seattle Seahawks seven. The Green Bay Packers are in if they win on Sunday against the Lions in Lambeau. Lions are mm-hmm. not the same team away from, from Ford Field that they are when they play at home. So I, I, I think that's the likeliest scenario. A.J. Brown and the Philadelphia Eagles, are, are to me, are the only ones left because Justin Jefferson is a true number one, but they don't have anything else. They can't run the ball. Uh, Adam Thielen is a shell of himself. Yeah. I'm not like afraid of TJ Hawkinson. Right. Like I'm not, that's a different, that's a different situation. It's, it really is AJ Brown and the Eagles are really in the NFC. The only team that really poses that stud one, number one wide receiver where if, if they can't figure out a way to stop him, that might you know, that might derail the defense. Mm-hmm. But again, as long as that defensive line can get home, then it's not nearly the issue that it was yesterday. The problem comes is, is when you combine those two. And so that's my biggest worry. My biggest worry is a team with a, a legit stud number one wide receiver and, and a pass rush that goes against a, a, an offensive line that is that is good at pass blocking. If they're not getting pressure, I, I think they can get picked apart. But, but, 
the 49ers offense is game, man. They are game. And that right. is the biggest difference is that I think this team and this defense needed this game. And, and, and I think uh, Bosa and Warner said so, you know, in, in, in so many words that they needed this game as well. And I think they needed this game to know, hey, you know what? We're going to have off days. We haven't had many. In fact, we could argue we've only had two. When we've had all of our dudes, we've had two off days. And, and that Chiefs game, they didn't even have all their dudes. So I guess you could say for the first time with all their dudes on defense, they had their first off day. Going to happen. Yeah. What, what the, the, the question that got answered was, if we have an off day, can we still win? And that answer was yes, because yes. the offense was up to it. And that's, yeah. that's the biggest takeaway. That was the difference. And to answer your questions on the Raiders line, they've only given up 29 sacks this year, which is seventh best in their sack percentage. Yeah. Is five, so they're, which is so they're a good solid. pass blocking offense. Pretty good line. pass blocking line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, so the Niners, their two of their last three games, they've given up two of their three highest yardage totals of the season. Mm-hmm. To they gave up 500 yards, which is second most. Um, Kansas City had over 500, and then 349 to the Commanders, which was the third most. So. And 349 is, is not awful. <laughs> That's the it thing. is not. No, but for them, yeah. it was their, their, their <laughs> yeah. highest. No, I mean, you yeah. take that. But yeah. um, but like you said, the last three games, or last two games, where they've given up a lot of yards, they've scored. They've put up 74 points, 37 each. So as long as they keep doing that, they're going to be fine. And, and again, as much as there were some things in this that can make you say like, ah, oh, that was a little scary. I think the takeaway from it is like you said, the offense can answer the bell. The quarterback can answer the bell. The defense, even when they're not playing well, can still make plays where they need to to turn a game around, and that's that's the sign of a good team. So that that's Absolutely. where we are with that. But you know, next yeah. next our next show, we're already out of time for this show. Didn't even get into the playoff picture, so we'll get into that next week. And I want to get into or next show, I should say, uh, later this week. And I do want to talk more about the matchups in the playoffs and who can possibly exploit them when we do that. But we'll Absolutely. see, man. We'll talk. You know, also I want to talk about next show a little bit. I want to talk about Mike McGlinchey. He's playing pretty well. He's taking a lot of shit. And he's playing pretty well. Yeah. So I, I uh so so hopefully uh so uh uh programming note uh for those that do watch uh at least through the beginning of February so through the 49ers Super Bowl run <laughs> uh we will be having uh Wednesday afternoon shows instead of Thursday afternoon. Uh Al's got a Al's got a root on his his son uh and uh on on Thursdays. But uh, our hope for Wednesday is that we have Brad Graham, Brad Graham of the SF Niners on. Uh, I've reached out to him. He's my O-line guru. I learned most of what I know about O-line play I know from him. So I'll be a perfect question for him. Uh, real quick before we do uh, come out uh, or head out, uh, this question was asked a couple times by Justin. I wanted to get to it. How worried does the win streak make you all? Uh, I'm not worried at all. Um, I, I, I mean – is it difficult to, to, to win that many games in the NFL? hundred percent, but they're not doing it in fluky ways. Like if, if, if they were, then I would be a little bit worried. Like, well, they've, they've won 10 straight, but like, you know, like the Vikings where it's, you know, they have a negative point differential or whatever they've mm-hmm. won. They've won nine straight in pretty convincing fashion um, outside of this Raiders game. So does it worry me? No, because once the playoffs start, that streak is, I mean, people probably aren't even going to talk about it because it's a new season, right? That the playoffs are, are a new animal, a new season. I don't think the team thinks about it. I know that I'm not going to think about it. 
but I will say it does worry Zane. Zane has Zane has has been on record that it does worry him a little bit. So we'll allow Zane to worry about the win streak. Uh, I know that I'm not going to. Yeah, and they did get their kind of crappy game, hopefully, out of the way, at least on the defensive side of the ball. So hopefully it's out of their system. But we will see, and we'll be back. We'll talk to you guys later this week, hopefully with Brad. For Brian, I'm out. Later. One, two, three. One, two, three. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 